Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About War Games, the podcast where we talk about war games. I'm Jack, and with me here today, as always, is Joe. Hi, Joe. Hello. And today, we've had a very special episode before. I think that was when we talked about how Nazis are bad. Uh, mm. This isn't quite that special, but this is also another special episode, I would say. Um, because today, we're going to be talking about DLC practices in video games. And specifically in war gaming, but we're going to talk about some non-war games as well. So, so Joe, yes, you've heard of you've heard of the Total War series of games, yeah. It may have crossed my desk a couple times, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, did you? So you you've heard the news. We've we've discussed this a little bit, but just to recap, I suppose for our listeners here, Creative Assembly, the company behind the Total War series, the 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 vaunted. RTS games. We're getting right into it, I realize. I didn't even do like much of it. We didn't do much banter, intro, or anything. We're a minute okay, 15 okay. in. We're already getting to the thick of it. This is a serious, serious it's what topic. you came for. There's no jokes in this episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if there isn't a joke in this episode, I'll be a little upset, but whatever. We'll anyway, we'll get there. So, the deal is, is that Creative Assembly created Total War Warhammer 1, 2, and 3. And... The process of making these games is they make a big map with a bunch of different factions on it and they all fight each other, and that's fine, great, whatever. And over the course of the first and second games, they sold additional, uh, they sold DLC, which was came in the forms of additional factions for the game. So, you know, they would, I don't think Wood Elves was in the base game for any of them, but they sold Wood Elves and Beast Men and added these guys and then added more chaos options and whatever. And like, that's fine. Uh, I think it was like $10, $15 for new factions. I don't recall how much it was. Yeah, they have but, the two different types, right? They have the, the faction yeah. packs, and then they have the extra the, lords. Yeah, the lords pack, which was like 10, 10 bucks or so. About that. Depends on your yeah. local currency. Yeah, $10 American. Uh, <laughs> rock and roll discs. And, you know, that's fine. But they recently launched Total War Hammer 3, I should say recently, launched last year. But they've basically finished development on it, more or less. Uh, this is the last Total War Warhammer game for the foreseeable future, but they are launching a new Lord pack for this game. Uh, so, no, new leaders for these factions. And the cost of it is, what is it, $25? Was it $20 or $25? Uh, so, I mean, looking me up in here, my Canadian dollars is $34. For Shadows of Change. For me, it's $25. So, a typical Lord pack or hero pack, I, they, there's another one that came out. They had uh, Total War Warhammer 3 Champions of Chaos with $16, and they had four new Lords attached to it. And so they released, but then they released a new game, a new uh, DLC, $9 more American, uh, but with one less person in it. Mm-hmm. And people are ticked off. And so we made an episode about this because we we too were like, what the heck? Have I got some things to say about this? I did I did a little bit of uh, investigative. I don't know if I don't want to call it journalism. Am I officially a journalist? I don't think so. I didn't go to journalism school, but 
we did a little bit of investigating here, mm-hmm. and I looked at the online tax records for CA. A little, a uh, little scandalous of me. Um, and it turns out that CA has been turning a profit recently, which goes against their uh, statement about this price increase because they're saying, you know, our development price, uh, our development process is going up. We need to raise prices, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. But the development for Warhammer Three is complete. The engine that they're using for the what's it the uh the the new um Troy game Pharaoh is that what yes, it's called Pharaoh yeah is ongoing but they're using the same engine as in as a Troy and they're creating this new <laughs> this new Sega tie-in hero shooter that looks bad um yep. it doesn't look very good called Hyenas it's tragic <laughs> it doesn't look good at all I'm I'm sorry to say but. So they came out and they said, "And you're right. By the way, looking at all these prices for one and two, like a lord pack for two lords is twelve dollars Canadian for Warhammer two. Like it's kind of crazy, isn't it? How much they've gone up? Yeah. Okay. Here is here is their official statement. Sorry, it's a long statement. I'm just trying to get to the meat of what they're talking about here. The uh, all right, or we'll stop making stuff. Yes. <laughs> so what they said is first off. I'd like to thank you for making your voices heard over the past week. Hopefully longer-term Total War fans know that even when we're quiet, we're always listening to everything you have to say to us. We've had many conversations about it internally. would like to shed some light on the situation. Last week, we revealed the latest DLC for Total War Warhammer 3, Shadows of Change, bringing the Changeling Yuanbo and Mother Ostankia Ostankia? and more to the game. The teams have been hard at work <laughs> hard at work on this for some time. We are excited for you to get your hands on it. To get right into it, our costs are up. Unfortunately, that means that prices have to rise. We know any increase is going to be tough, which is why our prices have remained fairly stable over the past few years. The downside is that any increase today is going to be more noticeable. There's no good time to increase prices. We've not taken this step lightly. However, this is the business reality of supporting Warhammer 3 and ensuring we're able to offer the years of the extra content that are currently planned. That said, we do need to challenge ourselves to ensure this cost still offers good value. Ultimately, this up to each of you to decide, and we'll keep trying to balance that. Of course, we want more people to play. We want to continue to deliver content. You're excited to see. And we want to do that for as long as we can. So, Veil Threads. <sighs> so, 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 this isn't the whole statement. I, I, I no. left off part of it because I didn't want to get into all of it. But basically, I don't know if Thread is the right word for it, but it's basically buy the DLC at the increased price, or we'll stop supporting the game that we uh, have talked about supporting. Mm-hmm. And honestly, normally I'd be like, yeah, whatever. This is just normal video game developer practice. But this is exactly what happened to Total War Three Kingdoms. So, yes. so Total War Three Kingdoms, they had planned to uh, launch more DLCs for the game, launch more content add in i think it was more content for the northern factions uh, as a whole new sub campaign and i don't know if it was the game wasn't performing well or they just changed their mind but they had pledged to release this extra content and then said uh ah, sorry nope we're we're not making any more content for the game thanks for playing and that was it and this again is well we want to make sure that we are going to have to be able to continue making good content for you, but you have to buy the DLC at the increased price. Uh, <laughs> it seems crazy to me in the first place that they cut off three like that, or three kingdoms, because I thought three kingdoms was doing pretty well. Three kingdoms was doing incredibly well, especially in China. So I'm still, it seems odd in the first place that they wouldn't be continuing with that, or, or you know, why we even 
just lost that game in the first place. I'm not a business person myself. I'm not a big numbers guy. No one comes to me to do their taxes or accounting or anything like that. But I I don't know what to tell you. I think it might just be a result of corporate uh, going in the wrong direction. Um, cause... I suppose we need to put out a new mainline game. We need to put more people into Warhammer. We need to deal with hyenas. Yeah, we need to redirect staff or whatever, but... I mean, I don't know, man. It's kind of <laughs> scummy that they've done this. They did this to one of the very popular games, and they're threatening to do that to another one now. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to. Maybe I should rephrase this. I don't want to say threatening because threatening is you know like they're they're holding a gun to our heads or whatever. But they're saying if you don't buy our new product at this level, then we're going to stop supporting this thing that we said we were going to support for some time. And so, the part of that though is that would be fine if the game was complete, right? But there are still a lot of like horrific bugs in Warhammer three that make playing through some faction campaigns like unplayable at the moment. And Not to mention severe imbalance between the quality and completeness of in in-game factions. Yeah, so I mean, it's buy this DLC or we're not going to fix this, so that everything else you bought will be in a state of broken. Seems a little sketchy to me, but I guess yeah. I haven't looked into it. I mean, I know some modders have made fixes to the AI and to some of these mechanics. I don't think developers fixed. should rely on modders to fix their game. No, they absolutely shouldn't. But I mean, they, they might have to fill in the gaps if suddenly development uh, and support ceases in Total War 3 because people didn't buy an overpriced DLC. And that seems odd to me, but I think it's, it's just a logical conclusion of where video gaming has gone pricing-wise the past few years, right? I, I mean, it's yeah, it's gone up. I mean, yeah, inflation has happened. We 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 saw. I, I'm old enough to remember like games going from forty to fifty dollars to to sixty and then to seventy. It's like, yeah, sure, uh, development costs go up, inflation and everything. Yeah, sh- sure, I understand that. But the other the other DLC that I had mentioned, um, Champions of Chaos, came out in the middle of last year. One extra person. For nine dollars cheaper. So to break that one down, that's four dollars per per person. If we want to get into this, and per extra lord, and that's also adding in other content to the game, uh, new balances, new mechanics for these factions. Mm-hmm. This new the new DLC is twenty five dollars with only three characters, and I'm mathing this out in my head. I'm not very good at math. Bring up the calculator. The good old calculator here. It's twenty-five divided by three. Eight and a bit. Of course, as we all know, is eight point three repeating. So eight dollars and thirty-three cents. So the the price per character has gone up. Uh, has doubled, over doubled, and at least in terms of Kislev, who is my favorite faction in Warhammer Three, they didn't receive any mecha- uh, any notable mechanical updates from this either. So. It's not just we're adding the leaders, it's we're adding mechanics is what happened with the other one. But that didn't happen here, and it's more expensive, and uh, I don't know. Screw you, I guess. Screw me, I guess. Literally get for these characters, because it's just, is it just three characters? And, like, usually you've got a couple years as well. So they're starting lords, so you can start a a new campaign 
with one of these uh, characters. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's... I'm looking at the about content right now, and it's oh, 11 additional units and three legendary lords. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Usually, there's there they put a lot more effort into the, uh, the legendary lord campaigns. Like you, you might actually have your own campaign to do with them, or they've got a, a different enough mechanic that it makes it worth playing through. But yeah, I mean, I guess I guess what we got to look at now is like, what does this mean besides potentially dealing with an unfinished total of Warhammer three? Well, they look at us and say, well, it's your fault for not buying this. Like it's just just the way games are going are they all going to be in this perpetual state of you know maintenance well we pump out basically subscriptions (laughs) a a weird shift to almost live service for single player games is how it feels yeah because it's not a dlc if they shut off the game if you stop buying it entirely right like it's, I mean, it's kind of shut crazy. off the game. You can still play it, but they'll stop supporting it. Yeah, yeah you, you can still play it, but I mean, I have other games that I can still play that are not finished. <laughs> well, that's that's the weird thing about this, you know, is that released and there's definitely disparity in how tuned certain elements of the game are, and it, it definitely does remind me of the pre-internet game days of you would get a game and that would be it. You might get an expansion pack, but it's going to be finished or it's not going to sell any copies. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm just looking at the various things in Warhammer that haven't been touched in a very long time by the development team. And hearing them say that is uh, disheartening. Yeah. I mean, they keep breaking the Bretonian Lords special mechanics. Like, come on. I like Bretonia. So what we're saying here is inside baseball, but the gist of it is if you don't play Total War Warhammer, uh, they, they've they tuned up parts of the game, but haven't touched others in years, and are saying, if you don't buy this overpriced DLC, uh, we're never going to touch any of this. No guarantee that they would anyway, to be honest, but there it is. Now, let's say we look at this, because like, they're not the only ones doing this. They're not the only ones no. doing this in the wargaming sphere. But is there, do you see a difference in this versus, I mean, the other big name is Paradox, but then we also see it in, like, a variety of other games. And some of the smaller ones, if we want to talk about that, you know, you can kind of justify it by the fact that they're indie development studios, where if you don't buy a DLC, that that's literally it for them. they got to move on to something else or it's lights off, right? Sure. But... I don't know if we're at that with CA. Like, I don't CA, think CA is a AAA Sega. studio. They're developing several games at the same time, one of which is a shooter. Uh, the, the, Sega is their producer. They're not going anywhere. These are big, yeah. big-time guys. Part of part of Hyenas, by the way, is that you have to extract with your, your loot in the game, but they call it merch, and it's like Sega stuff. Yeah. It uh, really watching... grinds my gears, I have to say. I, I really think everyone should go watch the trailer for it, because it is just the most heartless cynical looking thing and i don't know i don't even know when it would Late have stage been capitalism the shooter yeah like who is it for and when because like i can't not quite place the vibe they're going for if it's like vague i'm a rick and morty fan from five years ago kind of vibe but it's not now and it's not anyone i know <laughs> it's it's just it's full of weird self-referential like, do you remember the 80s? Do you remember video games? Like, okay. What if we made Overwatch, but not even nearly as notable, which is funny considering how Overwatch is going these days. 
Okay, but let's let's shift it a little bit because I want to talk about another game that I, I like a lot that also does pretty egregious DLC. Let them have it, Joe. But I'm but I'm gonna preface it, but I'm not that pissed at them for it. <laughs> Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics mm. of War, because we have to have very large titles, right? Gladius now, is, is a... the uh, the 4x. Yep. Uh, one, correct? This is a Forex um, civilization-like game with no diplomacy um, where you pick one of the Warhammer 40k factions and you fight over a world, and I think it's great because it does get rid of that uh, exploitable AI, you know, rough AI for diplomacy that you get in a lot of these Forex games. Everyone is, is gearing up for a fight, so you you know what you're looking for, and the AI is tuned to try and do that. And you get some pretty good games out of it. Now, if you buy the base game, you get four factions. There are now, if I look at the list here, 12 DLCs. Oof. Yep. 12? 12 DLCs. Oh, boy. Now, the faction DLCs up here in Canada are $20 a piece. I think they're fun. I like the changes they make, and each faction does play differently. To the point that it's it's like, it's a... It's a new experience. You know, you're not going to... You play as Tyranids, it's going to be very different than if you're playing as the Eldar. But it does mean that if I look at all this DLC I have, this is like a $300 game. <laughs> oh, man. I mean... Does, does it go on sale often? Do the DLCs go on sale often? They do. They do go on sale often. And this is also from a small studio that is published through Slytherin. So, like, I understand in this kind of case that if I want to get more of this game if we get, we get more gladius i mean it's not like we're gonna we're not like we're sitting in a a whole heaping helping of warhammer 40k themed 4x games right that this is the way to get it and the content i'm getting per pack for faction packs feels okay i'm less okay with the random unit packs <laughs> um for example the fortification pack for a princely sum of seven dollars canadian gives you seventy. Uh, Seven. Oh. Seven dollars Canadian. Really scandalized for a second. No, 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 no. <laughs> Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six units, one for each of uh six different factions. That that's it. You know, if you if you really want to play with a big mech in your orc army, you had to get this DLC. <laughs> uh then there's other DLC that I mean I like, but I get that it's something people just probably wouldn't always get. There's a there's one Lord of Skull DLC, and that's nice and cheap, $4, but it just spawns like a super powerful monster on the on the game, and it'll just wander around trashing everything. <laughs> like, shouldn't that... It feels like it should have been a free update. You know, hey, you want to add yeah. Lord of Skull to your battle? Tick this box. Not $4. I mean, it's More funny when it shows up. Free updates, yeah. rather than make stuff like that all paid. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's... The this this company seems to have two point five games. Pandora First Contact is another um Slytherin produced four X game. Didn't do so hot. And then they're making what looks like another four X game. So like it's a tiny studio. This is their thing. It's it's keeping it going. I mean do I like it? No, but I get it, I guess. And I feel less grumpy about buying into this knowing that I like the game and that I'm getting substantial amounts of content for each faction pack. But I mean I can see people being turned off of this kind of game when I think this even happened in our Discord where the base game was on sale 
And I'm like, hey, this is a great game. You guys should play it. And they look at the 20 DLC and like, well, you know, do I need that? And I had to say, get the main game for super cheap, play a few games, see if you like it, then maybe buy into it. And I think that turned a lot of people off. It's a lot of so steps like, for something you don't even know if you're going to end up liking. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean... Especially when it's a 4X with very themed factions that all play very different from each other. You might hate playing the game as Space Marines, but you might like it as Eldar or whatever. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> you, you spend, uh, you know, 20 bucks full price on the Orc faction DLC, and you're like, man, I hate Orcs. I actually think Orcs are one of the base game ones. You know what I mean, though. Like, every faction plays different faction. So, Ugh. that's one way to do it. And uh, it's it's kind of weird. That looks like Craft World Eldari or a faction. Hmm. I thought they were base game. Actually, I think base game was Space Marines, Chaos, Imperial Guard, and Orcs. Which was, I think yeah. that's right. So, let, let's trundle along the same path of tiny indie devs doing this. And look at something like, oh, I don't know, Cough Cough Combat Mission. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So combat mission. How yep. could they? The DLC packs for combat mission tend to be around full price game price. It's <laughs> so like if you look at Battle for Normandy here, the Commonwealth Forces DLC is forty five dollars Canadian. Market Garden is forty five dollars Canadian. The vehicle pack is twenty seven dollars Canadian. It's it's kind of nuts, but they justify it by saying. They're like an indie Grognard studio, and if you know they're they're going to do it, no one else is going to do it. That's what it costs to get more content. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I think that I shouldn't have to pay $120 to get all the content for a 12-year-old game when it's on sale. On sale, Joe! $120! On sale, Joe! Mm -hmm. That's what I think about it. It's, like, debilitating for people trying to get into this hobby, right? I mean, exactly. Who, who can buy into something like Combat Mission, knowing that it has this level of jank, and that to get, you know, <laughs> the DLC content for it, is going to cost as much as buying a couple other, you know, double A or, or like high level indie games. In this economy, <laughs> it's just it's. But then, like, what's the solution, right? Because we're talking about oh, we don't like spending money on this shit, and I, I agree, I don't like it. But is there another way that people can do it in the modern age? Also, holy crap, have you looked at Command Modern Operations? <laughs> uh, how much is they selling it for these days? Uh, the game itself is ninety one ninety nine Canadian. <sighs> and the DLC, I have a couple DLC. Uh, for me, for all 23 DLC packs, is $240. Good lord. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of DLC at least, though. 23 Yeah. But that's like uh, 10 bucks per DLC. I guess that's not too egregious. Yeah, some of them are um, $20, like here's a war like you want to play desert storm and some are smaller ones so i mean there's 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 a lot there, to there's it, a high guess. level of detailed simulation there i i can forgive the base games being this expensive especially because cmo came out relatively recently like a couple of years ago if i remember in right yeah um, yeah the most popular but battle for recently. normandy came out in like 2011 i think it was and that's <laughs> still full price 60 dollars and i don't know it's like it's it is, as you said, a barrier to entry into the hobby, and I would personally say also uh, a poor business practice. I think more people would be chance to buy the game, 
play it and maybe buy your DLCs if the base game wasn't so expensive, but also at the same time, more likely to buy the DLCs if they weren't $40 or whatever. See, I wonder if we can pull this into Rule the Waves. Because it's it's not the same thing with DLC, but the same thing with accessibility and our, you know, very niche hobby of computer wargaming, where there are 343 user reviews that are very positive right now for Rule the Waves 3 on Steam. I don't know the reach the game had before, but it definitely has reach here. And I, I, yeah. I put good money down that more people are playing Rule the Waves, even for just having the accessibility of being on Steam and not having to, like, you know, send a pigeon to a dude to, to get him to, <laughs> um, you know, authenticate your code. So, like, the the thing that I guess would be nice is if there's a way we could get people access to these kinds of games without it being such Hyper an egregious buy-in. Because, yeah. like, who now would play Warhammer Total War 3 right now buying the base game, and then looking at all the factions not available because they're on their Stuckpine DLC. And the same thing goes for Paradox. I mean, anecdotally... Well, let's talk about Paradox. Let's talk about Paradox for a minute, though. Yes, there, there yes. Start, start us off there, because I got some things to say about Paradox, too. <laughs> Alright, I'm cracking my knuckles. Listen here, you Swedish bastards. Look, Paradox, what are you doing? How, how are you... Uh, Europa Universalis 4 is a game that they are still actively supporting, still creating DLC for, which is great, but is it how do they expect anyone to get into it when so many of the mechanics are stuck behind DLC over this 11, 12-year career of this game, and they have so much of it? Let me let me go and look at the Steam page right now for Europa Universalis 4 and tell you how many pieces of DLC there are. There are 43 pieces of DLC. <laughs> um, for all of them, currently, there I should note when we're recording this, there's not currently a sale on any of this. For all of this, and some of it is, to be fair, uh, additional items such as music, uh, unit skins, the history lesson items, which are neat, I will say. Um, but all of that is $455.11. I will remove $5 for the fact that one of them is the expansion subscription. I'll get to that in a second. So $450 <laughs> for all of the DLC for Europa Universalis 4 over these years. And in order to play it reliably these days, if you want to play any mods, play Anbanar. Please play Anbanar. It's very fun. Uh, if you want to play the, even the game to the full extent... Or to even like make it enjoyable these days, you'd want to bring some of the DLC in because as a base game, it was okay, but it wasn't very full. There wasn't much to it. And even then, some of the earlier DLCs have things that have been rebuilt and re-expanded on by the more recent DLCs that have come out. I'm, I'm looking at this, and out of this, there are... I'm just quickly looking at this here. I would say maybe 15 to 20 actual mechanical updates to the game most of the others of these are just music packs unit packs things that just change the aesthetics of the game whatever but that's still several hundred dollars i think that's probably verging into 300 ish dollars for just the mechanical updates and i have all of these because i've been playing eu4 since it came out so it hasn't felt like much to me it's just like oh i knew the dlc's come out yeah i'll drop 20 dollars on it whatever you know but mm -hmm. until they want and <laughs> they want the but, player that's what i am but then someone else comes in, and they're like, what's with all these DLCs? But they have the expansion subscription 
So someone can come in and use all of the expansions with this $5 a month expansion subscription pass, which is, oh, I don't know. It's the logical I don't have conclusion. I don't have the Xbox Game Pass, I want to say, to start with, but... This is the logical conclusion of the DLC model that we're looking at, right? It, it yeah. just goes directly into um, games as a live service, and then... You're playing an MMO. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Subscribe to this. Oops, all MMOs. <laughs> we, we ended up here. And for the record, I'm playing Final Fantasy XIV, and I'm getting more content for free on addition to my uh, subscription than I do from some of these things. <laughs> well, okay, I want to get into this, because I don't play U4 anymore. I stopped having fun with sure. it, like, ten expansions ago. And they've changed the mechanics so dramatically that if I, when, a couple times I do try and install it and play it again, I have no idea what I'm even looking at. <laughs> and, then, and then half the stuff is, is locked behind this new DLC. So, like, the game I liked, I don't even So recognize. you get, like, half the mechanics of the updates since then, because half of them are free, but then to yeah. really get into and use those updates, you have to pay for the expansion. But, like, I liked the game the way it was, you know? So this is the, the opposite extreme of the we're not going to support this anymore <laughs> approach of Warhammer, right? Is we going to keep, we have to keep changing things to justify the fact that we are still selling DLC for this. I, mean, I guess you can fact. play, I guess you can roll the game back and play older versions. Yeah, but, but do I, should I be literally sifting through um, release notes to find where I enjoyed <laughs> it and then trying to roll back to a game file that plays the type of game I wanted to play? That uh, I remember yeah, playing? Yeah, for EU4, we're at like game two and a half or three now. We're at like EU4-2. Yeah, like it's... I mean, I remember there being... I mean, Stellaris is, like, at, like, 3.0 now or something like that, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the one I just, just got that because my friends wanted to play it. So I just got some DLC for Stellaris and played up a game with them. I recognized, like, none of it. Because I played it a lot on launch and I enjoyed it. Got a couple of the DLCs when it came out, and then I just, you know, went back into it because people want to play multiplayer. And, like, the planets are all different. It's totally different. It's probably fine now. Stellaris, for the record, since we're talking DLCs... Uh, for all 22 DLC for Stellaris, we're looking at $268. Oh, gross. <laughs> and most of those are actual in-game content that does something. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, can build megastructures now. There's different diplomacy options. like I, Different species, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it, but also... We're at 3.9 for Stellaris, actually. I'm looking yeah. at the latest update. Like, is it just, are we just doomed to this? Or are we, we stuck in a point where we're going to get... Every game is live service now, Joe. Every game. I mean, yeah, right? <laughs> well, actually, let me take this opportunity to talk about two games alike in nature, but different in... I was going to quote the Shakespeare thing here. I can't remember what it is. Whatever. Pretend I quoted Shakespeare. It'll make me sound smart. I want to talk about Destiny 2 and No Man's Sky. Okay. So... These two games are similar in idea. So it is a space-themed fantasy sort of game. You go around, and you, in the Destiny, it is uh, MMO. So you go around with friends and shoot aliens and get loot and stuff like this. And No Man's Sky, on the other hand, as we all know from the disastrous launch back in 2016, was originally just kind of a poorly put-together exploration game, space exploration game. Destiny 2 on launch was okay, but pretty bare bones. However, over the next several years, they added DLCs, 
um, and uh, expansion passes and seasons to the game. So in these expansions, you would get, uh, you know, whole new storylines, content there, like big budget stuff, a whole new single player or multiplayer campaign because you do it with up to three people. And then for as time went on, they eventually started adding seasons. So outside of the, they would release one expansion per year, basically. And outside of this, they would start adding in seasons, which uh, if you paid for them, there would be more content for the remainder of the year. So every week there would be, oh, go run this mission again. And you'll get a little bit of story progression and new loot or whatever. Uh, frustrating. And the way that it drew out plot and everything just kind of sucked terribly. We're working, <laughs> my husband and I are working on it. On uh, perhaps a giant ramp piece we're going to nail to Bungie's headquarters uh, about all this because <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on how Destiny has gone. But basically, in order to understand where the game has gone and everything, you have to pay and consistently play it in order to know where things have gone because it's become this live service MMO. But not even just that. It's like a TV show. If you're not watching it, you're just going to miss things and there's no rewind button. You don't get to know what happened a while ago unless you watch someone play it because seasonal content once that season is over it's gone you can play the old ex you can play some of the old expansions not all of them some of them but um mm, not all of them thing. because some of them are are gone also uh whereas no man's sky on the other hand has no dlcs as far as i'm aware let me just go double check this real quick before They're i say free, that definitively hmm aren't they all free uh n there's no dlc all of the updates have been free that's what mm. i wanted to say is that no man's sky was a d disastrous game on release but since 2016 the team has consistently added new features to the game and big updates there was just one recently and it's become a very decent and popular game and i think it's more popular now than it ever has been and it's been and it's been supported by people just buying the game because they're continuing to make it better. Yeah, like, and that's an indie studio. That's only a few folks. Mm hmm. So that gets into because I bought it decently on sale eight months ago. Thanks, Gog, for telling me exactly when I bought it. Um, <laughs> and you know, I bought it because I heard, oh, it had an interesting concept. But hey, they finally made it a big real game, so I'm going to buy it now. And I'm I know I'm not alone in that, right? So, yeah, definitely. You know, free content updates driving traffic to the main game. I guess it'd be less consistent from a corporate standpoint, but it definitely feels better, probably for the devs to work on what they want to work on, and it feels buyers. better for the player too to feel like your dollars are valued. Yeah, like this is going to something, right? And it's not going to be. It's not <laughs> by this subscription in disguise or we stop bug fixing this game <laughs> i wanted to mention one other thing actually about destiny before we move on here mm -hmm. is that the the latest spit in the face that destiny has done to its remaining players because the player count is going down good good for you guys um is that the seasons you in order to buy expansions or seasons or whatever you used to have to go and buy the in-game currency and then buy the season or expansion with it, which is fine because the prices uh, you could buy, you know, your bundle of 500 destiny bucks or whatever the hell it was called. Um, and that's mm -hmm. the price of a season. They've changed the price of seasons to be uh, more, but they didn't change the prices of the pre existing in-game currency 
uh, model. No. So if you're following what I'm saying here, is that you can't buy exactly the amount of in-game bucks you need to in order to buy a season anymore. You have to buy more. And so you are they are essentially overcharging you per season. Oh and it, it's it is so even though the season is like, you know, it, I think it's like 20 bucks now, there isn't a $20 option. It's like a $25 option or something like that. So you still have to give them even more money for this unless you buy the season pass to begin with. I think that gives you a discount, but come on, man. Yeah. That's really yeah. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> but it's like, where are we at in this industry then? Because, you know, you look at stuff like Dark Souls and Elden Ring and all that, where they have a very limited focus, and it's a very light budget in comparison to these AAA games. And then they make decent I think money. Elden Ring had a pretty big budget, but okay, sure, Ring Dark Souls one, didn't. Yeah. Dark Souls was... Uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, they, they did not, right? And you can sure. tell there's a couple of jank things with them, but a good game with a lot of passion, people bought into it, right? Like, a lot. <laughs> is that the way to to do it? Like, are we just putting too much money into games and therefore expecting too much return? I don't know. Everything don't costs too answer. much money these days. I think that's part of the problem. They get so much money, they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> it goes uh, down a hole somewhere. It goes into hyenas? It goes into hyenas, that's right. And that itself... I mean, it's just such a soulish, you know, cash grab in the first place, right? If you could think of a bunch of guys that never played video games in life in a corporate room saying, all right, we got to do one of these hero shooters because, you know, my kid talks about Overwatch. Which and is no like... longer popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's rough. Like the, um, did you hear about that dinosaur game that came out recently? Uh... Dinosaur shooter. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the name of it. Uh, I already forgot it, too, and I'm pretty sure that game's forgotten, They had, too. like, a Terminator crossover or something like that with it, didn't they? <laughs> See? It was that, that that game that had, like, a crossover with a bizarre other uh, IP, and then it just flopped. Yeah, what? I don't even remember what it's called. Oh, God. Yeah, but that one launched with, like... Well, it's indicative of what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, it had all because... this DLC from the gate. And the game wasn't finished. <laughs> and no one bought it. No! Honestly, if I can divert from games for a little bit here, it's all very emblematic of the whole thing is just what's going on with Hollywood with, the, with those strikes right now. It's just these studios with all of this money, they're only looking at it from a purely financial perspective. Like, the number needs to go up this quarter or I'm going to get fired. And so if you even if they even make a slight concession, like maybe we shouldn't squeeze every single dollar out of the player's pocket, maybe we shouldn't, uh, you know, pay the writers whatever falls out of like my uh, my pocket on the way by or something like that. Then I mean, we might end up with like soulless media, soulless properties, things that are overcharged to the player, things that just don't have soul. To be honest, I think that's where it's going. Things just don't have the character anymore. Um, and I, I have a lot of thoughts about the direction of these giant franchises in Hollywood or whatever, but we're not, this isn't talk about Hollywood, this is talk about war games. But I'll just say that I think that it is indicative of a certain kind of corporate mindset that prioritizes profit over product itself. Mm -hmm. And what that means for us as consumers and what that means for the staff on these teams 
uh, is you are going to get your um, you're not going to get your money's worth, and if you're on the developers team, you're going to face crunch and probably not pay, get paid as much as you should be. Um, yeah. Hey, CA people, unionize! That's what I'm going to say to you right now. <laughs> unionize hey. if you're at CA. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like we're we're going down that road where you're just we're not gonna have anything of high budget that isn't gonna be soul sucking. And I don't mean like the catastrophically high budget, just you know, regular old high budget. <laughs> and man, support your indie devs, I guess. Yeah, I think that's the only way you can fight against this at all is buy indie games rather than AAA games. But I mean, do I really want to say like never buy a AAA game? No, because I, I do still occasionally. I'm trying to think of the last one I did actually, but you know, occasionally. <laughs> Zelda, probably Zelda. <laughs> Zelda was good. Yeah. <sighs> but I mean, but that was but that game was finished though. It was yes. <laughs> and if they do any DLC. It's not going to be this kind of DLC. It's not no. going to be subscription DLC. It's going to be, all right, here's the next gonna... couple dungeons, or here's a couple quests or whatever. Yeah. I didn't even buy the DLC for Breath of the Wild because I didn't feel like doing a, a gauntlet dungeon. I tried doing that. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I got my ass kicked every <laughs> single time. Uh, I don't know. You know what? Actually, I'm going to take this time. You know what I've been playing recently? What Dominions that? 5. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Now, that's a, an indie studio... And that game is amazing, and it's deep, and it's entertaining, and it's wacky, and it's very, very strategic, and it does not get the amount of love it needs, like, at all. I am currently playing a game as a gigantic koi fish, leading a mm-hmm. bunch of oni and pirates, because I randomize everything, and that's what I got, and he eats ten people a turn out of my own provinces. That's just, like, his thing. <laughs> Like ten soldiers? No, ten population. Oh, like he'll just—he just eats ten civilians. And <laughs> I mean, I have my my marauding war bands and uh, priests going all over the land preaching the word of uh, Toshifune, the giant carp. And you know, God's coming; He's real. He's going to eat you and your children. So <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> but like those games are are wild, and they're great. And like I was reading through the manual and. The manual starts with the developers just talking about how they're they're putting stuff together and what their thinking is behind some of these these game choices and the differences between uh, three, four, and five, and like that's the kind of the heart that I want to see and want to support and want to to be able to like get into with my my strategy games. And I don't know. There was probably there was probably a time when that was okay with CA and Paradox, but they got. You know, I feel like a like a faux hippieing. Like you got everything got too corporate, man. Back when they were small, it was great, but like something's lost, right? It's the profit focus, man. If they don't have the number go up, they're gonna get fired. See, because everything gets all these companies are public, so yeah, or they're owned by someone who is public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so... to sound like a complete Marxist, and let's talk about war games here, but. I think that uh, it really is just a matter of short-term profit focus over long-term customer uh, customer loyalty. Yeah, I think is the way that's the thing. It. If they can squeeze enough dollars out of us now, 
it'll be the next guy's problem when <laughs> no one wants to play the game anymore, right? Yeah. <sighs> that sounds very much like our world's stance on the climate and enduring problems in other parts of the planet. And... But we're the next guy. Yeah, yeah, we are. Keep looking at my friends little kids and thinking, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I don't know. Not to not to get doomer on main here, but I I'm looking at my finances. I'm like, I don't know how anyone my age has kids, and I'm doing okay. Yeah, it's 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 rough out there, and it's it's too bad that we're seeing that kind of mindset. I guess where you think we'd have some more artistic leadership in media. Now nah, we're all getting squeezed. Yeah. Well, Not everybody can do the giant koi fish game. Yeah, uh, you should put up a, a tutorial for Dominion's Five. I would. I have been struggling to play the game. I would love to read someone's play by play of it to know what's going on. Yeah, I can do that. Do a couple streams, something. I think we'd be fun. Nice. Well, got that sorted out. Yeah. I think that this is a good place to stop before we both decide that we need to. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to finish that sentence. Let's talk about the DLC model of Warhammer 40K's army books. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I think it's a good time to stop. I don't want to do I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. Uh, well, thanks as always for listening to us. Sorry that today wasn't a, the most fun episode, but I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. And yeah. uh, I guess we spread. can't tell you to support or not support, but just, you know, it never hurts to look into these kinds of things when you're uh, giving your money to these companies and if it's something you want to support or not. And hell, if you if you feel like you're going to get the kind of content you want out of that DLC, then, you know, by all means. But I mean, yeah, never don't, don't spend money on something you want to spend money on in this case. But just, I guess, think about the repercussions yeah. of telling CA it's okay to increase the money like that. Or telling Destiny, yeah, it's okay that you're overcharging us for the seasonal model or what have you. Maybe Warhammer 3 needs to die uh, so that others may live. Well, that's the thing. It might not even be up to it, whatever the sales are. It might just happen, like 3K. Oh, they might just like be three kingdoms. Anyways, you know, it's going to happen regardless. So let's squeeze out one more DLC before we, we cease production. <laughs> For all we know, I mean, they yeah, said they were right. going to continue supporting the three kingdoms. Who knows? Who knows? <sighs> well... This is a this has been a very cheery episode, but thanks for listening to us. We'll do a um, one next. Well, yeah, we'll do. I don't know, put put clown noses on, honk them every five minutes. Um, uh, well, you can uh, if you want to talk to us about how you can uh, unionize your game workplace or whatever. You can <laughs> join yeah. us on our Discord. We're gonna post the link in the show notes. Um, mm -hmm. You can follow me at, on Blue Sky. That's at smoothest jazz, all one word, dot bsky, dot social. Uh, I prefer that place over Twitter these days because Twitter is the devil. It's a bit of a mess, isn't it? It's not good. No. Um, I should follow you over this blue sky you're talking about. I got a code for you. Oh. Well, maybe we can talk about that because I don't, I don't yeah. do social media much anymore. I probably should. That's fair. Um, and. Uh, I don't know. That's pretty much it for me. Uh, oh, I think that uh, Child's Play, the uh, the good old um, 24-hour stream Ooh. is coming up again soon. So we, so we might do that depending on when it is specifically. I might not be available at that time. 24 uh, hours to Minions 5. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, we might be doing some of that. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun uh, if we're available. But... Yeah, if come, we're around, we'll come to the Discord. You'll find out details there. That. 
yeah, come to the Discord, come talk to us. Um, otherwise, if you are listening to us on a podcasting app, we will sure would appreciate a five star thumbs up. You go know, stuff whatever the the, so the, the happy recommendation part. is. Sorry. Make sure you go listen to some of our other episodes too, so you can see some happy episodes instead of just dooming episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not normally this doomer, I, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we really would appreciate that. Get some more eyes and ears on us. Uh, you can also visit our blog, good old let's talk about wordpress.com, I think mm-hmm. is the URL. That's it. And uh, yeah, I think that's everything from us. Joe, do you have any closing thoughts? No, come to Discord, hang out. We're going to do more videos and more streaming. Done some more writes recently, right? We'll do more of that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, good game, everyone. Uh, That was a weird thing to say. See you all next time. Yep, you take care, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.